views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I want to welcome you. Welcome to the show. We've got a great two hours of programming for you. You know, on this celebratory day, uh, the work of Martin Luther King Jr. and much more. For those of you that are listening to the show, it's very interesting. The dilemma I find myself in today and, you know, wondering, oh, is she going to talk about world events? Is she going, what is she going to talk about today? Well, I have a very, very special guest joining us here today. But what, what's interesting is, for those of you that listen to the show, many of you know we have two flagship stations. We have one flagship station that's out of western Washington, the greater Seattle area, the home of the Seattle Seahawks. And we have a second one in New England, WBLQ. And so here we now sit on the precipice of something that I've never thought that would occur in my life, you know, having to think about and root for two football teams. For those of you thinking, is she really going to talk about football today? Well, you know, it's one of those things that seems to be, uh, at least where I live, turning a new conversation from not being good to faith than to victory. And what's interesting about all of this and how I would like to start the show out is when folks were asked after yesterday, they, they didn't talk about this, that, or the other thing. They talked about faith. They talked about not allowing doubt in whatever it was they were doing. They talked about having things in their lives that were happening that were amazing and never questioning themselves. But what about your dream? What about your life? What about the place for yourselves where you come to each and every day and look at the world you live in? Today, I'm so thrilled that I get to talk to somebody pretty incredible. I get to talk to somebody that, for me, got to meet personally a number of years ago at a conference. And I'm talking about James O'Dee. He's joining me here today because the conversation is more than a conversation about how we win a game or not win a game, but it's a conversation about our lives and about what we, what we plan to do in it. Today I get to talk with him about, about the book, the book that he's written called The Conscious Activist. 
and take a journey into what that actually means and how that actually shows up in the world. Uh, you know, part of the dialogue that I get to have is, 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 is living in this world where I get to have conversations with people I never, ever thought that I'd have the experience of doing. But I'll tell you one thing. You know, it, it comes from a place of knowing what you stand for, of knowing what's important to you in life. And that begins the journey, or at least it did for me. I'm so thrilled to be talking with you about James because, you know, part of this is I could spend the entire show talking about who he has become known as. And he is a well-known figure in international social healing and peace building. You know, he's somebody that not only spends time in writing about it, but he's out in the world. You know, he has students all over the world, many, many countries, you know, who have participated in his Path of Peacemaking, Maker and Peace Ambassador training programs. But that's just the beginning. You know, what is it that we could say about James, his work? as former Washington Officer Directory, uh, Director of Amnesty International and CEO uh, of, of an incredible foundation. Beyond all of that, the author of several amazing books, he's someone that we know is a champion of peace, someone that we know is a champion of door openings for the energy of forgiveness, somebody that we know brings a message to the world that then becomes an invitation for each and every one of us, each and every one of us, to look at where we stand as conscious activists. James, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So great to be with you, Dr. Pat. You are a light in the world. Oh, you know, I... Um, I said something earlier today, and this is kind of where I want to start. I said something about my own life that I never thought in a million years, James, that I would be, first of all, in a position to speak to so many incredible people and be the facilitator of such brilliance in the world, such bright light. But here I am, never, never in a million years thinking as a kid that I would be doing what I'm doing. And I wanted to ask you about your journey, about you know, what it was like for you uh, as, as, a, as a youngster, as a young man in your life, what it was like for you and the awakenings and this, this is the discoveries that you've had of who you were and who you were going to become. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about that. Was it like a light went on and you were like crystal clear about your life? <laughs> it was a very strong spiritual beginning. I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm one of those people who raises the flag for childhood spirituality. Now, I know there are cognitive psychologists who say, well, you can only do this mental operation before you do that mental operation, and it's all developmental. But spirituality is about a taste of the wholeness. It's about an intuition and experience of the vastness of the big story, and children can get that. So, of course, in my story, it really begins at conception because I'm conceived just before my oldest sister dies 
And I, I come as a gift to my mother, in a sense, because she discovers while she's mourning the loss of her first daughter that she is again carrying her seventh child. And so I'm, I'm in her womb. I feel all the pain, the suffering, the loss. I grow around it. It's almost as if I'm trying to reach up to her heart. And she's also in her braveness and beauty, struggling to affirm the life that's growing into her, to say it's not all about death and love. There's a life coming. And that's really what my childhood was about, about that axis of leaving mourning and starting celebration. And I was precocious. I had a, a deep sense of both the spiritual and the justice. I remember precociously around seven, getting on my knees and having a conversation with God and saying, look, I don't think you should punish the devil for all eternity. That's too cool. I'm, I'm, I, you can't torture him for that long. And, you know, this is the boy who then goes, you know, many years later to work for Amnesty International to stop torture worldwide. Mm. But, but we have in childhood, if we're loved and connected and nurtured, we have that experience of a state of grace. In my book, you know, The Conscious Activist, it's about where activism meets mysticism. And in that sense of the coming together of the two, you know, I find that the spiritual really comes into my life in a very powerful way as grace, as a state of grace. And eventually... You know, in our own development as children and as human beings, we experience grace and the loss of grace, the fall from grace. In my own case, as you know, that was pretty traumatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, the question is so important um, to me, James, because... You know, I, I think that many people have heard me recently share about my own journey, but I will tell you, I, I'm I'm kind of like you. I was touched at a very young age, um, and you know, touched in a way that I think many people, you know, they they've heard me talk about before, um, and and with severe consequences. Um, it, it's it's a part of my journey that I haven't really been able to embrace till recently. Because parts of it were so glorious and parts of it were so dramatic. You know, I, at a very young age, in a Catholic boarding school, I was having conversations with, you know, uh, the, the man we know as Jesus today. And, you know, back then, in those days, that was kind of really not looked at as something that was, A, even possible, but for someone that was not part of some institution to even be allowed to do. And so I want to talk with you when we come back from break about what this journey has evolved to in your life, what's important in the world today when we think about conscious activism, and, and have we changed? You know, what is the state of spirituality today 
in enabling us to all become champions, to all become conscious activists. James O'D. joining me here today. We're going to take a short break. Fabulous book, The Conscious Activist, uh, as, as, as is all of the books that James writes. When we come back, we're going to talk about this journey and what is it like to be at this place where conscious activism isn't it's just not a phrase anymore. It's a way of being. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the show. Be a leader as a way of life. Reclaim leadership over your domain with Ascended Master Moses. Meditation workshop led by Wendy R. Wolf and Lynn Brown. Friday, January 30th at the Key Center Building in Bellevue. Live out your unique and significant role in this lifetime for the betterment of your soul as well as the universe as a whole. Come practice opening to your inner voice. Be the difference only you can make in your world. To register, go to HealGrowShine.com or email Wendy at WendyRWolf.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Step into more inner and outer leadership in all facets of your life. This means being the CEO of your own destiny. Imagine a life of what you say goes. Lynn Brown, the host of Winning at the Game of Life, is going to help you activate the power in being present, owning your space, and harnessing all of your energy during her full-day workshop, Own Your Leadership, Own Your Life. Get ready to own your body, your relationships, your work, and your life. Lynn and co-facilitator Wendy Wolf have teamed up for a body and spirit experience that will transform you forever. Every person will receive two 20-minute sessions of body or aura work, amazing content, and a full one-hour healing session with Lynn or Wendy. Lunch is included. Space is limited. Sign up early and get an additional 20-minute session included. To register or for more information, contact Lynn at ruintuit.com or call 844-BE-INTUIT. Workshop is January 31st, 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. in downtown Bellevue. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. Change. 
Hey, everybody, welcome back. Oh, my gosh, I'm so thrilled to be speaking with James O.D. joining me here today. The book is The Conscious Activism, where activism meets mysticism. And, you know, for me, it is really a conversation that I'm so excited to have with James. You know, there are many, many people in the world today that are looking at their lives, that are looking at, you know, what the deep reflections of their soul's journey has been for them. For, for them. You know, what is it when we step into a world that may seem odd to most people, but seems so very natural to the steps that we take in the world of invisibility? And yet, how do we take that? How do we take that energy? How do we take that place and do good things in the world James, thank you for joining me here today, and thank you for sharing, you know, your journey. You, there, there are people right now that are very, very excited about the time we live in, and that's kind of strange given that we're, we're living on the edge of what people say are the most challenging times for humanity, and yet there are others that say it's the most incredible time of abundance and frequency and, and spirituality and consciousness. And so I wanted to ask you about where do you see us in that realm and what role does conscious activism play in creating this kind of positive change? Well, these are indeed epic times because it's not just a case of, you know, are we going to correct a few problems? We are facing, at one level, the mightiest challenge to our whole existence based on the way we live. And, you know, some people have called that the turning point. Uh, Gene Houston calls it jump time. When you come to the edge of this form of behavior, if you continue, there's only extinction. So you've got to jump, you've got to leap into a new future. And so what is so amazing, as you say, is to see that leaping beginning to happen in so many ways, just the whole leaping of the culture off the radar screen in many ways of some of the media, but conscious parenting, holistic education, mind-body health, all of these forms of holism, jumping across, leaping to create a new civilization. And what conscious activism has to do with that story, I think, is central. Because the activist goes out into the world. You know, for an activist, what you need to begin, at least your journey as an activist, is a little fire in your belly for justice. There's a little kindness in your heart for the world. There's a little sense of conscience and commitment. And you go out there to address what is imbalanced and what is failing in the systems around you. But for the mystic, you go in the other direction. You go in. You search the nature of the true reality. You allow your soul to find its source. You go deep into the territory of a being. You face the inner dragons, the inner imbalances. You see what is false in yourself. And so you have two kind of learning paths. 
that of the activist and the mystic. And there really is concentrated learning for both perspectives. But we live at a time when we see how those two paths in the great design of creation, how those two paths start to stream together, how really the mystic takes on the nature of ego, and the activist discovers that the heart and source of so many of our problems is egoic behavior. And when that, when those two streams really start to flow together, you have a form of action that is healing, that brings wholeness, that begins reconciliation, resolution of old enmities, forgiveness. Those two streams, when they unite, create a river of love and passionate concern for the world so that the soul's journey isn't about going off planet. It's about going into the heart of the danger and the difficulty and revealing the whole nature of the divine plan for creative abundance, for, for health and wholeness and healing and justice. So that's how I see the relevance of the conscious mm. act. You know, I was reading one of the things in, in, in your book, and I, I think that, you know, one of the things that I remember you saying is that mystics my, mystics have to first explore some of the subtle dimensions of inner reality. But you talk about that that exploration has to be with the same precision, precision that one learns a language. I remember reading that, and I thought, I've got to talk with James about that, and I've got to talk with what that precision looks like. And, you know, what that level of precision, that inner, that inner discovery, what that then leads us to. I was really taken by that part that you wrote in the book about that, because you're not just like saying, oh, let's just have a drive-by of inner reality. You're, <laughs> you're really setting the stage for deep discovery. Yes, indeed. And, and to go back to... In our early life, and that conversation about grace and the flow of grace, and then the fall from grace. You know, in my own case, I thought I was, as a child, destined to be a priest and went to a seminary early in life, and then ran away in a very dramatic episode and really created, you know, trauma for myself and my family. Instead of calling up my mother or sending a letter saying, I need to leave, I felt, you know, in some ways the only way to do was to break loose. And that is what, you know, that fall from grace is when you first hit the wall, you know, and you discover there is a deeper design. You're going to have to work much harder to find the that inner source of beauty and truth. And what I like to say about that journey into the subtle realm is that when it begins with loss and a fall from grace, it's really a great concentrated grace. And you think it's dark, it's really, the guidance is really there. And so it's discovering the nature of guidance and how it operates. How are you being guided? I'm one of those that believes 
the guidance is always there, even when we fall from grace, especially when we do. When we think we've lost the struggle, when we've lost hope, when, when everything around us crashes, when we lose our job, when we get sick, you know, when we really have to face all those difficulties, when we hit the wall at so many different points in our life, it is there that if we've developed that inner attunement to the guidance, we are called through those subtle pathways into love and compassion and opening and seeing that the testing we are being given is really to help us grow, is really to help us discover the true nature of reality, the true abundance of compassion and love in the universe. And I can say that, as you know, because I've been taken myself to the most difficult and darkest corners of the world where, you know, there have been massacres and woundings and genocide. Yeah. I've, I've faced that on a planetary, planetary level. And it's from that place that I say, don't lose hope, humanity. We are facing the wall in so many ways. But we're facing the wall is so that we may take that leap into the subtle planes where really every pathway leads to wholeness and harmony and radiance. You know, I am I'm sitting here and, and and as I read your book, there's so much to really think about and contemplate. I wanted to ask you, uh, James, and talk about this when we come back from break. I wanted to ask you, you know, about how you see the world we live in today. You, you know, how how you see the events of what might be going on um, across the planet in terms of uh, sacred activism, conscious activism, but also in terms of that place that we go sometimes the storm before the calm, that place of courage where, you know, people are willing to stand up and have a voice in what's important to them. You know, that justice doesn't become another word for a television series, but becomes something that is that inner place that haunts us to do something different. Let's take a short break. You're listening to The Dr. Pat Show, and James O.D. is my very special guest, The Conscious Activist. is The book that I keep referring to, it is, uh, again, it is amazing, but it's also an invitation. You know, it's an invitation for us to take a look at this world and the role that we think we play in it today and perhaps the role that we could play. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the show. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. As a former research statistician, my scientific background is what many would call sensible. For more than a decade now, I have been working in the field of energy medicine, facilitating sessions and teaching around the world. People from the mainstream often ask me, how did a sensible woman like you end up working in such an alternative field? Implicit in their question is the underlying assumption that the field of subtle energy, such as energy healing and intuition, isn't sensible. But I believe it is very sensible. Even scientists are able to measure aspects of this. 
approaching life from an energetic perspective brings us new opportunity for healing and transformation. And from a practical standpoint, even if you can't rationally explain how something works, if you experience a shift from it, then doesn't it make it pretty sensible? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. What robs you of your energy and vitality? The weight gain that won't go away? Biochemical imbalances? Toxicity? Prolonged stress? Or maybe a trauma from a car accident or fall that damaged your nervous system? Call 866-499-7509. And talk to the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate. They'll take the time to give you a free consultation to evaluate the health problems affecting you. Get your health and energy back. Call the doctors at Wellness One of Bellevue and Eastgate at 866-499-7509. Holistique Medical Center is where you find it all. A healthy space with doctors who care, see, and listen to the whole you. Hi, this is Dr. Darvish. If you have not found an answer to your chronic symptoms, you will find answers here at Holistique Medical Center. Our doctors find the root cause of your symptoms and guide your body towards healing naturally. We transform lives from within. Visit drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. How confident do you feel about your retirement? It's never too early or too late to start thinking about your retirement. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Jeff Packman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. You and Jeff can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get to the real answers you need. In fact, 93% of clients who have had the Confident Retirement Approach conversation feel more confident about their retirement. Call Jeff Packman, financial advisor at 425-453-0272. Office is located at 601 108th Avenue Northeast, Suite 1800 in Bellevue, Washington 98004. Percentage based on Ameriprise Financial Confident Retirement Client Survey as of December 2013. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Uh, James O.D. joining me here today. And I just want to tell folks that, you know, you certainly can get your copy of the book um, and, uh, you know, go ahead and find out much more about uh, James and what he's doing. And I want to give you that information to do that. Um, What I love, and he and I were talking about this during the break, what I absolutely love uh, about this book, and I pretty much read just about everything James has written, is that, you know, this this time we live in right now is a time where we get to talk about life uh, in life's terms from our own journey, you know, from what does this absolutely mean in terms of how we have said yes to our own journey, and then what is it that we can share about that journey that is so relatable that is so about, you know, the ups and downs that all of you have experienced, or if you haven't experienced them directly, how about the ups and downs that you've seen others experience? 
And so, James, thank you for joining me here today, you know, on the show. Uh, and thank you for writing this book. Um, you know, it, it, it's taken me a really long time for me to feel uh, that there was something about my life that was important to share with people. And I know that this book uh, and the writing of this book uh, perhaps means the same for you. What is going on in the state of the world today, if I could ask this question, that has called for this part of you to share in the way you're, sh- you're sharing in this book? You know, what is happening in the world that has touched your heart to perhaps now talk about yourself, your life, your journey, about conscious activism differently? Is it the outside events in the world? Or is it something in yourself that perhaps is now calling you to do something, well, let's say epic? (laughs) Not that you haven't been all along, James, but this book is different. Yes, it's different in the sense that, uh, as I say in the preface, you know, have you been fed enough concepts lately? You know, we're <laughs> stuffed with all these marvelous concepts. But could somebody please show me how they're lived, how they taste, what they're like in a real life? And it's the combination of the two that I think is so important. And in my own case, you know, after witnessing the massacres in Beirut and really feeling you know, humanity's against the wall, there's so much cruelty, there's so much ignoring of our problems. And then having a conversation with the wonderful Jean Houston, whom I know you've talked to. Yes, love Jean. And I was was in Amnesty International at the time, and we were talking about the death penalty, kind of symbolic of the whole problem. And she said, you know, You've got to tell the story of human possibility. You've got to see the possibilities, James. You've got to become the possibility. And really, that's what we're talking about at this moment. The possibility is there, and it's so rich and so real. And so I tell in my own experience in Amnesty the story of, you know, Tasmamurt, this dungeon in the Atlas Mountains in Morocco. It was called the King's Private Rose Garden, where his, uh, his special prisoners were sent. Many of them died in the cold winters on the mountain, sleeping on stone slabs, being fed gruel. And finally, after many years, a prison guard there, his conscience was so racked that he sent us a letter and he described the inferno of Tasmanwood. And I testified in Congress, and at the end of the hearing, I read the letter from the guard. And usually, you know, after you testify in Congress, they run away. They sat there in silence, and they said, how do you spell that place? And we knew that every question, every concern from members of Congress would reach the king of Morocco's ears. And six months later, the Tasmanian dungeon was closed down. And about a year later, I was in my office, and one of my staff came and said, 
there's a man here to see you. And his name was Ali Burakat. And he had spent 18 years, my friend, 18 years in this dungeon. He was wow. skeletal when he left. And he came to thank me. And I just, I just celebrate that it's possible. It's possible in so many arenas. And now more of us are seeing the possibility in a conjunction when we do our own inner homework when we reach the subtle source of our own being, and then we go out into the world with that kind of consciousness, it is possible for us to change the whole story. It is believing and seeing and knowing those possibilities are not just flippant teasing of the divine, but is the real evidence that we can do it, we can make it. And, you know, with Ali Burakat, it was so touching and beautiful. We went next door to, on Capitol Hill, to the Mexican restaurant. And I was trying to explain to him, you know, the menu. And I said, this is what a fajita is, and an enchilada, and burrito. And he stopped me and he said, my friend, after 18 years in the dungeon, food is beautiful. Mm. And, I, and, you know, I want to ask you about that. I mean, that is such an incredibly powerful story and a journey and uh, an inspiration for so many, uh, especially when we think about some of the things we take for granted, James. I mean, you know, there are some things that I'm sure um, that we've thought about in our lives where we've stopped and we've said, oh, this is just another place to go. This is just another piece of food. This is just another dot, 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 fill in the blanks. Um, and yet we have uh, a, an energy worldwide, even if maybe we're not experiencing it in this country as directly as perhaps we did in the 60s. But worldwide, when we look at what's going on and the voices that people are now taking back to create change. Uh, I don't know how else to talk about that except perhaps for that meeting of mysticism and activism together, you know, that place where something is happening where people can no longer just say no. And I wanted to ask you, you know, this place and time we live in, um, you said it was epic. I'd love to hear from you how you see that, how you see the world as epic today or the time that we're living in right now. Yes, I, I think it's epic because it goes all the way through all the levels of the social order. Some of the profound activism where you don't think of it as activism is in the home, is how we treat each other, how, how much autonomy we give our children, how we, di how we dialogue in the language of nonviolence, in the very heart of, of the social order. So it's, it's gone from books and theories and concepts and scenarios to living this in our lives and transforming our families as we go. That, to me, is epic because it tells me 
that even as dangerous and as difficult as all these problems with global climate change and so many issues and economic excess and poverty in the world, that if we start in the home, if we start in the root of our own being, we model as parents, you know, next week I'm doing an interview for a company called We Divorce, We Vorce, rather than Divorce. And it's mm. saying even when it comes to separation and divorce, which I discuss in the chapter called Sacrifice, you can do it in a way you say, our destinies are going to take us in a different direction. But you can divorce with love, my friend. You can divorce with compassion. You can divorce with healing in the family. I know because it happened in my own life. If you can do things like that, you can go into the heart of the bitterness and say, we can make it real here. We can end the bitter division by letting that power that we've been developing, that knowledge, those affirmations, those deep inner skills into the practice of our lives. And we can take it all the way out into the political, the social order, the whole system's change. Because if the roots are cleaned, if the roots are drawing in the nourishment of, of real self-sacrifice, and sacrifice is a very interesting theme, not a word yeah. you hear used a lot, but you know there's a monastic contemplative nun I was asking her about sacrifice, and she said, well, we were always taught when we were in training that sacrifice is a choice for a higher value, for a higher principle. That's the root of sacrifice. It doesn't mean let's glorify suffering or anything like that. It means let's leave this in favor of something that's a higher value, the higher principle. And I see that happening. I see the roots of change are sprouting, even as we face colossal dangers of, you know, religious fundamentalism and hatred in the world. Well, you know, and this is really my, you know, my, my point to my question. You know, paradoxically, we are seeing things. And, you know, I can't help but be taken back to, you know, my youth and growing up. And feeling like that time, that day and age, you know, those marches on Washington that many of us did, the bra burning perhaps that we participated in, you know, were part of that paradox or that contrast, if I could say, of, of hatred that was being expressed for people of a different color or people of a different religion or sexual orientation or whatever that is, or sexual preference, whatever that was, you know, it was this world of contrast. And I can't help think about the time we live in now and how similar it feels, James. You know, I don't know if that's just me reflecting on my own personal journey or if, in fact, that, that is sort of the sense of it. What are your thoughts on that? Uh it's very much the contrast between, you know, the 
racism that we see that still exists, mm-hmm. that shows its face, the fundamentalism that still exists, the problems that still exist, and yet all of the solutions that are gathering, all the great energy that say we're facing these things now because their time is up, you know, it is being transformed. And right before the transformation or process really comes in, you have the dark night of the soul. Mm-hmm. You have the on the screen the, 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 the problem becomes central. But then you find that really the heart of the solution is being woven together. As we celebrate Martin Luther King, you know he was he was all about beloved community, about finding that roots of creative altruism, of creatively living for others, and it's I think it's the divine's great joke. I think you can't talk about mysticism or service in the world without a sense of humor. I think. Divine sense of humor is look at all of the creativity and the solutions that are coming. Look at the dawn of this integrated consciousness. Look at the homes and family lives of change that are happening. Look at the way people are are, are moving towards healing. And the joke is that it's it's the sort of seems to be on the sidelines. But it's really the center of the picture. And I've seen Nazis and Holocaust survivors come together and change the story. Big, big transformation, big clues that, in fact, the solution is coming our way. But we can't be smug about it. We can't rest on our laurels. There's so many of my teachers, both spiritual and activists, have taught me you know, you combine love and you combine courage and you have a winning combination. Mm. Great teachers of courage in the human rights movement who face down oppression. Great masters of love and loving wisdom. Love and courage will see us through. Uh, you know, one of the things that I was really struck by is, you know, looking at the world that we live in today and, uh, you know, people ask me, you know, who, who are some of the people that come to mind for you? You know, and and are there are there are there people in our society, whether you know early on, gone, or today, that really speak to you? And I, I, believe it or not, it wasn't hard for me to have a a very clear image of a young woman that was shot several times. Uh, and lived, and then won the Nobel Peace Prize, and Malala Yousafzai. And, you know, it's, it's it, in my day and age, you know, living the life that I've lived, how easy it was for me to reflect upon that woman's face when that question was asked. And are we, James, you know, do we have now do we have more, and I'm going to use the word heroes for a moment, do we have more heroes that represent, 
you know, that combination of love and courage you just mentioned. Do we have more of them right now, or uh, is it because we're so connected technologically that we now have more information about them? So, you know, this same young woman, 40, 50 years ago, we may or may not have gotten information on that would have given us enough to know whether or not she's going to be somebody that I would even relate to. Has technology helped our activism or not? I think it, it definitely has helped us share our voice. And I think there are so many voices standing up, like that concept of blessed unrest, of all of the communities and the non-profit organizations, the organizations serving for children and for women's rights and for so many causes around the world. And yes, there's so many unseen heroes, hidden heroes, who in their lives and in their choices are practicing this change that we're talking about. In my own life, there have been so many, some known and some not known. I remember Jennifer Harbury, whom I also talk about, mm. you know, who, whose husband was tortured by an operative of the CIA in Guatemala. And the U.S. government told us where they thought he was, his body was kept. And we went to a remote part of Guatemala this woman gets out of the car. We're in a very remote area. It's a small military encampment. She goes up to the front guard post, and she says, I'm here to look for the body of my tortured husband. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the strength occurred. In fact, a 100 people were, had been tortured to death in that place. And her body, her husband's body, was not amongst them. And we later wow. found out that her husband's body had been fed to the shark. Mm. So there are people who go into that deeply poisoned reality, into that frightening and dangerous reality that Malala went into and experienced, that people were experiencing situation in Syria and Iraq. This is a nightmare. Part of humanity is living that nightmare. But for those who have studied the story, who have been to these places, it's a story that we put our energy not into the horror and into the problem. We put our energy into the solution. And as we've discussed in this wonderful program, and your energy is always in that story of what is the solution? What is the creative journey that humanity is going? And we are the voice to say that story is rising, maybe invisible, you know, on the radar screen of the media, but it's here and it's being lived. Those heroes you speak of, they're in, they're in couples who learn how to separate and divorce and take mm -hmm. care of the children with all of the love in their hearts not create new pathways of wounding and enmity. It's in the story of the ending of the transmission of wounds
wounding, of incest, of sexual abuse, all those pathways. I gave a workshop and about 30 or 50 people in the workshop had been sexually abused in their childhood. Mm. But they had ended, they had realized in their consciousness that they were the end of the story. There would be no transmission of the wound from them, that they were part of a new story of healing, of resolving. What a powerful thing it is when you look at the inner world, the inner life yeah. of the story, and you see how much change is going on in things like that, confronting yeah. the dark secrets of the past. Sometimes when we expose that story, we think, my God, there's nothing but terrible news to listen to. But it's because those old stories are ending or being exposed or being talked about when they were never talked about in the past. And the wound was secretly transmitted from generation to generation. Mm. You know, you that you have said something so very significant right now because, you know, I think so many of us are seeing an end to those conversations. You know, there is, um, you know, there's a conversation now of, of so many people, you know, ending things that have been patterns in their lives. You know, whether it be abuse or addiction uh, or their own uh, acts of, of mistreatment. You know, I, I think we're living in a world now where we're so willing to change the patterns, patterns almost, almost as if, you know, we're willing to change the DNA of our souls, you know, to make sure that what we bring forward is not necessarily what has come before. Thank you for, thank you, James, for this book is fabulous, by the way. Um, I'm actually reading it again, and I want to thank you for all that you do. And I have one last question. What What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with, and what's the best way for people to find out more about you? Well, my personal message is that the, all the possibilities are, that we've discussed can be actualized if you make that choice for love and courage. You say, it's really about the authenticity of my inner life and really tasting and touching the spirit. And it's also about bringing that truth and that reality into the world. It's about truth and beauty in the end. One of the mystics of the early Middle Ages, Ibn al-Arabi, says the cause of love, what creates love in the world, is seeing the beauty. And so my message is, see the beauty wherever it is, even in the shattered and broken world that we live in. Find the beauty. When you train your eyes there, both inward and outward, the beauty will grow. My website is jamesod.com. People can connect with me there. Wow. Thank you, James. Thank you so much. What a great conversation. And folks, I want to tell you, this is an amazing book. It really is an invitation for so many of us to remember the truth of who we are and what we can become, the conscious activists. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with the show and Dr. Friedman Shout.
leader as a way of life. Reclaim leadership over your domain with Ascended Master Moses. Meditation workshop led by Wendy R. Wolf and Lynn Brown. Friday, January 30th at the Key Center Building in Bellevue. Live out your unique and significant role in this lifetime for the betterment of your soul as well as the universe as a whole. Come practice opening to your inner voice. Be the difference only you can make in your world. To register, go to HealGrowShine.com or email Wendy at WendyRWolf.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Would you like to be a question with anything that comes up in your body or mind? Would you like to become totally aware and begin to function as the conscious being you truly are? Join Access Certified Facilitator Glenna Rice every month for a live teleclass where you can ask all of your questions and learn to create change in any aspect of your life. Visit GlennaRice.com today to learn more and don't miss the next call. Join the questionable conversation today at GlennaRice.com. Step into more inner and outer leadership in all facets of your life. This means being the CEO of your own destiny. Imagine a life of what you say goes. Lynn Brown, the host of Winning at the Game of Life, is going to help you activate the power in being present, owning your space, and harnessing all of your energy during her full-day workshop, Own Your Leadership, Own Your Life. Get ready to own your body, your relationships, your work, and your life. Lynn and co-facilitator Wendy Wolf have teamed up for a body and spirit experience that will transform you forever. Every person will receive two 20-minute sessions of body or aura work, amazing content, and a full one-hour healing session with Lynn or Wendy. Lunch is included. Space is limited. Sign up early and get an additional 20-minute session included. To register or for more information, contact Lynn at ruintuit.com or call 844-BE-INTUIT. Workshop is January 31st, 9.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. in downtown Bellevue. Sky Siegel co-hosts one of today's most popular psychic shows, Angels and Answers, with Artie Hoffman as she communicates healing messages from the spirit world. These messages can be astounding, enlightening, and life-changing. Born with the God-given talent of inner guidance and the amazing ability to heal, Sky has healed thousands of people. Schedule a reading with Sky now. Call 908-500-1474 and visit skyofangels.com. 